podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. The rules of being a role model. Rule number one always fight fair. A crucial component of being a role model, yet one sadly we don't always observe. Take Last week, for example, when my opponent, clearly threatened by me, took to desperate, disgusting, and dangerous tactics. I felt the immediate burning in my skull and the blood pouring uncontrollably from my face. Yet still, I continued to valiantly fight with an excruciating, deviated septum. Mind you, I did this all without my usual admiring, dedicated fans chanting and cheering me, encouraging me to continue. No, it was all me. Me and my own grit, passion, and dedication to always be the face of this women's division. So, really, Who's the true winner here? The doctor will see you now. It's a brand new episode of the Elita Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis, Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Uh, before we do that each week, we normally start with uh, AEW Dark, and I will mention it, but I guess there is one thing we... I Yeah, there is a piece of AEW news we should probably talk about beforehand. I'm interested to hear your thoughts and feelings on it as well. Uh, I've got mine. Uh, they announced that uh, Double or Nothing is not happening at the MGM Grand Garden Casino in Las Vegas. Uh, ticket holders will be able to hold on to their tickets if they want for next year's event, same, uh, essentially at the same time and place. Uh, Labor Day, I think it's Labor Day weekend next year. So uh, they confirmed that, but uh, the show itself is not canceled. They are still going to go ahead with the live pay-per-view with no fans and it will not be in Las Vegas. It'll probably be in Jacksonville. 
and I, I don't really know how I feel about it. Uh, I, I don't, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they're just held to the gun under the gun by pay-per-view companies. Uh, like this is a scheduled pay-per-view. They have to hold it, uh, or they're in breach of contract or something. I, hope that they're being held under like the thumb of a pay-per-view company here in order to do this. Cause I, I mean, obviously shows are going to be happening in Florida, but I really, really don't agree that, uh, entertainment and sporting events and stuff are essential businesses. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm an adult, Nick, you're an adult. We all went to school. Uh, we were all young once and we were taught, the difference between wants and needs. And to me, an essential is a need. And I can see the argument for saying that entertainment is a need, especially if you're isolated and quarantined and you need something to keep your mind busy. But we happen to live in a day and age where entertainment is plentiful. You can find it on a variety of screens from a variety of services. Uh, I mean, you could make the argument that it needs to be new and fresh content, but I don't think it really does. Uh, I think that's more of a, a want than a need. And even though they can legally go do the show, I really don't think they should be doing it right now. Now, maybe maybe by the time the show happens, because it's still scheduled for, like, what, May 23rd? I believe so. Yeah, we're still, like, a month out. The curve may continue to flatten by then, and it might not be as bad. But as of today, right now, presuming things stay the same or get slightly worse or, uh, you know, God forbid, way worse, uh, I don't think they should be doing a live show where they're flying in people and trying to uh, to do this pay-per-view. And on top of that, AEW pay-per-views so far have been special. And, I mean, we all saw WrestleMania. I mean, there were some people who liked it, but, man, it, it was just not the same. Uh it, it was tough, and I don't know. Uh, I just don't know. Uh, what, what do you think about them continuing to do their their pay per view? I I kind of think it's a similar situation like you are, where it's probably a commitment, and they have to fulfill it, or else they're gonna probably owe some huge amount of money or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering, like is this going to be a situation where it's like normal pricing order the pay-per-view for $60? Or are they going to do a reduced rate? And yeah. And this is going to be in front of no fans. Like I, I can see the reasons for doing it, but I can also see the reasons for not doing it. And it's kind of like a special event. You would want to think you'd want to cancel it. But I, I honestly think your theory is correct. They probably, they yeah. probably are restricted to doing this. They probably can't get away with not doing it, which That's is a my shame hope. because yeah, yeah I, I mean, on the upside, it means people getting to work on pay-per-view and getting a paycheck, but still. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping, Ugh. I'm hoping they've just got a gun to their head on this, and there's there's nothing they can do. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't say I'm overly pleased. I think they should just, you know, stay home and stay safe. Uh, mm -hmm. and, I mean, Double or Nothing's supposed to be a big special event. I kind of see it like the WrestleMania show, but, uh, you know, I I don't know, I. I think they should just postpone it personally, but, uh, you know, the choice has already been made. So there's that. I mean, things can change in a month, so hopefully they Sorry. will for the better. Uh, talking about AEW Dark this week, Nick, is going to be really easy. 
It was a one-match show. They are running out of content. Uh, it was literally a tw- like a 20-minute with entrances match with Sean Spears defeating Billy Gunn. And they went like maybe 18 minutes. Mm. And that was the show. You didn't miss much. Sean Spears <laughs> got the victory. Uh, <laughs> regular AEW Dynamite episode 28 on TNT. with uh, We got a cold open with Jake Roberts hyping the Colt Cabana and Lance Archer match. Uh, then the announcers run down the card. And we get a Colt Cabana Lance Archer package. Which is essentially just a Colt Cabana uh, package, you know, talking about himself and what he's done and how he expects to do in this match and how he's familiar with Lance Archer, but uh, a pretty good opening to the show. Jake Roberts, I think Nick just, uh, like when it comes to like the best promo guy of the year awards, when those come out, like who would have thought like Jake Roberts would be in like the top five promo guys in 2020. I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> I mean, we all know he was like a good promo guy, but that he would just reemerge and, uh yeah, something about his voice being raspier than ever just makes it even better. He's a <laughs> he's a great character. Uh so we go mm-hmm. right to the ring. Colt Cabana Lance Archer in the TNT Championship Tournament opening round. Uh Colt Cabana getting in a, a fight. He's putting up a fight, but it's not having great effect on Lance Archer. Goes for the flying apple, but Archer catches him full Nelson slam to take the advantage from Colt Cabana. Uh, the beating goes through a commercial break. When we come back, Arts, uh, Archer misses a splash, and Colt tries to make a comeback. Uh, at this point, Colt does this... Uh, I, I, I'd say it's like a reverse of the Kota Ibushi spot, where Ibushi would go to do a top rope moonsault, but the guy rolls out of his uh, out of the way, so he lands on his feet and then does a standing moonsault. Uh, Colt Cabana did the mirror opposite of that, when he went for a middle rope splash, but Archer rolled out of the way, so he just landed on his feet and then did like a little baby hop and then did another splash. It is at this point Chris Jericho said, Shades of Super Porky, which <laughs> I forgot to mention everybody. Jericho and Shivani are on commentary again. I don't think uh, he was as funny this week as he was last week, but I'll admit uh, I laughed at the Super Porky reference. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, Colt's comeback cut off with a pounce and then uh, basically Colt never took him off his feet and Archer hits the blackout for the win. What did you think of the opener, Nick? I I would say the opener was fine for what it is. It basically was kind of an extended uh, showcase for Lance Archer, mm-hmm. but they really built up Colt Cabana, like hearing him talk about, I've wrestled all over the world. I'm a veteran, you know, don't yeah. take me lightly. It added more seriousness and gravitas to the match. Um, yes. Jericho worked in a great little line about a little bit of the boom, boom about uh, Colt Cabana. I thought that was pretty <laughs> I cool. I didn't catch that. Um, That's funny. Oh dude, it was, it was funny. Um, Archer hitting the blackout on Cabana to me was very impressive. Oh, um, yeah. I, I was kind of like shocked. Like, he's not going to do that to because Cabana's a pretty big man, you know? Huge. Um, yeah, he's for, not a small guy. And so Lance Archer, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up giving this one two stars. Like, I mean, it wasn't really offensive or anything, but then again, there wasn't a whole lot there. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I liked it. Uh, it wasn't as much fun as like the squashes he's done, but. Uh, I went two and right. a half. I went two and a half. Here's the thing: as we as we go to the Grapple app, Grapple 
2.85, almost three stars. I was surprised. I didn't, th- I didn't think the match was that good. Uh, up next, Britt Baker. Britt Baker's role model class. So she is in her dentist office and, uh, you know, uh, provides the first rule. Says that she fought through a, a deviated septum with this pain and this anguish. She fought, f- tried to fight through it, even without the support of her screaming fans. And then essentially said that that made her the real winner. I thought she was awesome here. Mm-hmm. Britt Baker, heel character, just a, an amazing turn. I was going to say, Britt Baker really looks like she belongs in 90s WWF, like the new generation era. Holy shit, yes. Dude, she's a wrestler with an occupation, and I love it. Yes. Especially being a heel dentist, like she's the modern day Isaac Yankum, just done a lot better. Oh, much better, yeah. I mean, Isaac Yankum was a cartoony dentist. And Britt mm-hmm. Baker's just a real dentist, so that, that helps. Uh, exactly. I'd pay her to get my teeth fixed. I think she'd do a good job. Yeah. Uh, then we get the first <laughs> of many segments here tonight where we get a pro wrestling guy or fan and an MMA guy, and they will talk about who will win tonight and the MMA in the main event. And the MMA guy always picks Hager, and the wrestling guy always picks John Moxley. In the first of these segments, it was uh, Ariel Hawani of ESPN, uh, who is a reporter for uh, Mixed Martial Arts, and Taz. Uh, they were talking about who would win in tonight's main event. Then we got Cassandra Golden versus Britt Baker. There was literally two moves in this match, a super kick, and then the rope stomp teeth breaker thing, and Britt won. Uh, what, what would you make of this two-move match, Nick? Um... <laughs> I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to it either. Um, I I like Britt's heel work, and that was probably the best part of the match for me. She did hit her um, with a pretty good super kick. She um she's impressing me more so with her character work, and I mm-hmm. do think she's yeah. getting better in the ring. But this was a one point five for me. I was so much more brutal on this one. There there were only two moves, and then they stretched it out for like they took two moves and stretched it out to like a, a minute and a half or something. Right. I gave it a half star. <laughs> oh, that's a rough. Is that a first tier? Whoa. It might be the lowest rated AEW match. I'll have to go back. I'll have to go in and look and sort my ratings, but uh, that might be the lowest AEW rating I've ever given. Uh, 1.12 from Grapple. Uh, up next, we got uh, Ron, Ron Funches on AEW. And Mike Goldberg, the announcer of Bellator, formerly the voice of UFC, uh, talking about who would win tonight. Ron Funches was awesome. Uh, <laughs> then uh, then I wrote here, sad double or nothing video, uh, ending with a Cody line saying, we will never let you down. Well, in this case, if they do do this show, and it is still ill-advised for people to do shows like this, they will have, in fact, let me down. I hope, again, as, as was said before, I hope the curve is flattened by May 23rd, uh, enough so that it won't be too risky or dangerous for anybody to go and do these shows. Um, we then watch, essentially, well, it's called the the Bubbly Bunch, uh, <laughs> and the graphic was the Brady Bunch, and there's not enough people in the inner circle to fill out the Brady Bunch, so some of them were just dogs. Uh, Jericho's hounds. And uh, it was essentially an inner circle Zoom call 
uh, Jericho. There, I mean, there, there was some funny stuff throughout it. To me, the funniest thing was them talking about Hangman Page, and he hasn't seen them so long that he thinks that uh, Cody had, like, killed him or something and fed him to Pharaoh. So making a Carol Baskin's Tiger King joke, uh, <laughs> that made me really laugh. Uh, but yeah, there is there is tons of fun stuff. A weird uh, continuity joke, Jericho pouring orange juice into his cup, but it's spilling. And then the next shot, the orange juice is in his cup, but the counter is completely clean. Uh, oh, man, my girlfriend pointed that out because she was watching this with me, and she's... <laughs> She's not a wrestling person at all, but she was like, man, Jericho's the best part of this show. She was laughing at everything he was doing. Oh, uh, he's he's <laughs> tremendous. They, they were all they were all pretty funny, but yes. Uh anything else from this uh stick out to you? Uh, nothing really else that sticks out. I mean, it was funny. I it basically to me was like BT for the inner circle. Mm-hmm. Uh then we get Shug D, aka Pineapple Pete versus Sammy Guevara. This is his this- real name. <laughs> yes. Uh, Tony Schiavone at one point just called him D. And he's like, D? Jericho is offended. Uh, they couldn't pronounce it, right? They were like, Sug D? <laughs> uh, at one point, Jericho pronounces that he and Sammy Guevara's tag team name is the Sex Gods. Uh, and that they will become tag team champions if they ever so choose to to go in that direction. Uh, this match essentially was just an extended squash. They, there was a moment where they gave Shug D some offense on Guevara, but it was it was largely just the squash and Sammy hitting him with the torture uh, GTS for the win. Uh, anything else to say about this match, Nick? Jericho got off some pretty funny stuff when he mentioned that whole tag team thing. He says, we're pretty popular, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's like, oh, they they make memes and gifs about us. (laughs) Yeah, I I think they were talking about at one point on the first episode of Dynamite where they beat up the elite. He's like, you wanted to cheer for it, Tony, but not in front of JR. Yes. That was pretty good. but... uh, but yeah, I think I just gave this one two stars because there wasn't much to it. I give it, I give it two stars as well. Uh, uh, Jericho made himself and uh, Tony Schiavone laugh by talking about Shug D's headband, which then became a neckerchief. And he's like, soon it'll be a belt. And then by the end of the match, it'll be socks. Because <laughs> it kept sliding down his body. And by the time he got to socks, like he was just cracking up. And Tony Schiavone has to be like, fans, I apologize. I, I shouldn't have laughed at that. Uh, I gave it a two as well. The good people over at Grapple 2.24. They liked it a little bit more than we did, uh, but not much more. Uh, post-match, Sammy Guevara gets on the mic, says uh, he cuts a promo on Darby Allen, says he will beat the shit out of him, which I believe is the second shit in this episode, uh, as there was one dropped during the uh, the bubbly bunch um, thing. And he goes back to work on Pineapple Pete when Darby comes in and uh, chases him off. Uh, we then get a uh, former UFC and now current Bellator, I think, uh, official John McCarthy and Excalibur talking about the main event tonight. Uh, then we get Kip Sabian and Chuck Taylor. Jericho, uh, Jericho starts plugging Tony Schiavone's merch store because uh, he was mocking the uh, 
you know, he's like, can people go buy your Tony Schiavone shirts at the store? They can't because you don't have one. And he's like, actually, I I do at this website. You can go get some. And Jericho starts talking about all the stuff, all the Tony Schiavone merch, pinball machines, condoms. (laughs) He's got (laughs) Schiavone laughing again. Uh, So Chuck is out wrestling Kip early on in the match. Kip does the old run around the ring to get the advantage. Uh, Chuck Taylor falls for it, of course. Uh, it's fairly short-lived, though. Chuck regains control and starts working over Kip. Gives him the <laughs> gives him an X-plex on the apron. Goes for the moonsault, but misses. Kip takes back control. Then Penelope gets involved. Uh, Chuck then hits... I don't even remember what this move was. Just that Jericho suggested that it be called the Chucky e. Cheese. Yep. <laughs> so, I wrote, so I wrote, Chuck hits a Chucky e. Cheese to create space. I don't even remember what the move is now. Do you remember what it was that he hit? He was like a sit-out power bomb. Oh, maybe. <laughs> uh, Orange Cassidy's trying to get the crowd fired up as uh, Chuck makes a comeback. Chuck goes upstairs, and Orange Cassidy says, 6.30! Uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, instead, Chuck gets cut off. Kip hits, uh, gets a couple of near falls out of it. Chuck Taylor hits Soul Food, and then Penelope Ford gets on the apron and tries to distract Chuck Taylor with boobs. But Chuck only loves friends, so he doesn't fall for it. Orange Cassidy then tries to distract Kip Sabian with boobs. However, Jimmy Havoc lays out Orange Cassidy. Penelope gives Chuck Taylor a Hurricane Rana, and Kip Sabian rolls up Chuck Taylor for the win. Lots of silliness in this match, Nick. What did you think of it? I'm not going to lie to you. This was my match of the night. And (laughs) (laughs) I gave it a whole extra point just for Jericho because he threw out some amazing stuff in this match, talking about how Kip and Penelope have a very nice room and Jimmy Havoc lives in a box (laughs) in the house with them. (laughs) Talking to Tony, saying that he'd been in wrestling for 65 years at this point. And the silliness with Orange Cassidy and Penelope Ford was just – it. This hit me in the right mood at that time. <laughs> um, I, I said I gave an extra point just for Jericho. That's why I gave this 3.75. Whoa! Holy shit! Yeah, I love this one. <laughs> it really worked for me. Uh, yeah, I uh, I just I couldn't get over I mean, to me, I, I just couldn't get over Orange Cassidy telling Chuck Taylor to do a 6.30 when he got on the top rope. Uh <laughs> Just casually just goes 630. <laughs> he doesn't do it. Uh, he got cut off. Uh, and then Chuck and then Orange Cassidy trying to do the, the boobs thing uh, was awesome. Taking off his jacket, trying to distract Kip Sabian. And honestly, it worked a little bit. Uh, so it looks like they're probably going to do a Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian versus best friends match. Maybe they'll put Penelope in there and Orange Cassidy and just do like a, a six person tag. Oh, that'd be so cool. I'd love to see that. Uh, Dan Soder just said he was an actor. I don't know what he has been in. Uh, His name is unfamiliar to me. Along with Ortiz and Sammy Guevara talk about the main event tonight. And, oh, you know what? I should have. Did I say I didn't give the score? Uh, Two and three quarters I gave Chuck Taylor and Kip Sabian. And uh, Grapple gave it a 2.65. For the record. Goes on the record there. Uh, Justin Law versus Sean Spears. Another squash. Spears hits the C4. 
and wins. It went a little bit longer. They did do one bit during it where Spears was like, oh, okay, I'll give you one. Let's do the, let's do the uh, amateur grappling thing where I get down on all fours and you try to grapple me. And the kid like grabs him with a waist lock and uh, hooks him into a, hooks him into a bridging pin and almost pins him. That was a nice yeah. little bit. Uh, but other than that, it was just a squash match. What did, what did you think of it? Five. It, it was exactly what you said, a squash match. I mean, Sabian, or not Sabian, Spears didn't even take him seriously, kept his shirt on, and, mm. you know, it just showed, like, apathy to be in there. So, yeah, I agree. It, it wasn't anything too special. But How many stars did it land? Uh, it landed one, one and a half for me. I went a whole one and three quarters. Ooh. That's a that's a star rating I don't give out very often. So I'm like, you know what the hey. I like that little bit in there with the with the roll up. Uh one point one nine. Grapple gave it a one point one nine. So not not so good from Grapple, but uh Card announced for next week the final two first round uh, TNT Championship tournament matches, which are, uh, I believe, Kip Sabian and Dustin Rhodes and uh, Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. Also announced for next week Kenny Omega in action. And how about Jimmy Havoc versus Orange Cassidy? That'll be good times. It will be. Uh, Josh Thompson and Santana talk about the main event. And then. We're done talking about the main event. It's main event time. John Moxley, Jake Hager for the AEW Championship in an empty arena. And boy, was this place empty. Uh, Jim Ross is calling the match from uh, his home, presumably under a blanket. Uh, at least that's what the sound quality suggested to me. Uh, they grapple and strike in the ring for like six minutes is the first thing I wrote. <laughs> Uh, they move to the floor and do more of that stuff. Mox takes a low backdrop on the concrete, which sounded like no fun. Uh, landing, landing on concrete must never be fun, but landing on concrete when there's like nobody there, it's just silence. You just splat. That must've hurt like a million times worse. Hager is sweating buckets. Uh, at one point Mox gets a figure four on a railing in the stands on Hager uh, Hager now so sweaty that anytime Mox hits him, like, f sweat is flying. It's actually a great visual. Uh, Hager cuts him off and beats on him forever, works over his arm and shoulder. They finally get back into the ring. Both go down. Uh, they get back up and start fighting it out again. Gut wrench powerbomb for a two. Uh, whenever Moxley tries to make a comeback, he ends up sort of hurting his arm. Like, he'll go for a clothesline. He'll drill Hager with a clothesline, but it hurts his arm that Hager's been working over. Uh, manages to hit a flash paradigm shift, but takes too long to go for the cover, and Hager gets him in the head and arm triangle, and Moxley gets to the ropes. Hager starts using a chair to try to gain further advantage. Lots of swears at this point. I'm getting flashbacks to the Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa match. Just lots of bleeping. Another paradigm, uh, this time Mox hits a paradigm shift, but holds on into like a form of a guillotine choke. Hager stands out of it, uh, throws him off. They get into a strike exchange. Hager knees him in the balls. Uh, he goes in for the kill when Moxley tosses a chair right at his face, gives him another paradigm shift on the chair, and pins him to retain the championship. Nick, what did you make of this long main event? This match was boring. Too long. Uh, I like the ending, but 
It took too long yeah. to get there. It literally confirmed all my suspicions that all these great video packages and all these interviews are just smoke and mirrors to cover up the inevitable Jack Swagger match with Dean Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I actually liked the grappling stuff at the beginning because I'm like, oh, this is kind of unique. They're doing some shoot stuff or, you know, it looks like they're having a work shoot match. That's kind of neat. But then things get weird with the empty arena match where they can battle all throughout the arena, but you can't pin someone anywhere in the arena. And then there's rope breaks in the ring too. Like, I don't know. (laughs) If you're going to do an empty arena match, I think it should be going backstage. It should be going into the kitchen. You should really sensationalize the whole thing and go the full nine with it. Sure. Um, I mean, it's not like they did anything where they were like super botchy or anything like that, but no. it was just long and it was such a slog to sit through. They hit each other hard and stuff. Yeah. And about a John Moxley match nowadays, because a lot of his matches have been excellent, mm-hmm. but uh, Hager has been kind of universally boring. And, and I don't feel bad saying that. Uh, he's oh, kind of a don't feel bad. Piece of crap. No, I don't feel bad saying that. Cause uh, he's kind of a piece of crap, but yeah, uh, <laughs> But um, I gave this one two and a half stars because, once again, nothing offensive happened. But, God, it was just oh so slow. Jeez. Yeah, this uh, this falls into the vein of, you know, Edge Orton, Ciampa Gargano, like just long. They would have been long with a crowd, but the crowd, like, can manage to fuel it a little bit. I don't think this match in front of a crowd would have been particularly hot like they hit each other hard they worked very hard like these guys were sweating buckets for a reason like they were putting in the work uh and it couldn't have been fun i gave it two and three quarter stars uh it was it was close to good it was just too long uh and long with silence like uh there's been a few aew matches that went about 20 minutes that were fairly silent or had a little bit of crowd reaction. Like you can make it work there to a degree, but you can't when there's just nothing there for me. Like it's, uh, it was, it was just too quiet. Uh, so yeah, two and three quarters grapple 2.43 is, uh, where we stand there. So that is, go ahead. Uh, have you kept up on BTE for the last three episodes because they just did a three-parter? I have like skimmed them. Uh, in okay. all on, in all honesty, uh, them doing the uh, like the the tennis court matches haven't really kept my attention. Maybe that maybe I should try to watch them. Um, maybe they're trying to make them fun and entertaining in their own way. But uh, you know, it's tough for me to watch like quiet wrestling. So. Uh, I know Excalibur. I know Excalibur has been doing it, and I know Justin Roberts has been doing like really funny intros. Like I've been watching the intros and stuff. You know where he announces guys as like jobbers who are here to just you know just to get beat or whatever. Or Matt Hardy giving out the rules for a squash match were really funny. Uh, but yeah, they're doing the, they're doing the setup for uh, BTE 200, and it'll be Matt Jackson versus Nick Jackson. Yes. And that's what I want to talk about. I'm so excited for that match just because I don't think I've actually seen these two wrestle each other. And I know they've had to wrestle each other tons of times, probably yeah. on the independence. Yeah. Um, I think they had a match in TNA at one point, And I think they mentioned that was their last match together um, against each other. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been hilarious on DT just because 
of everything you mentioned there. And I actually like the tennis court matches because it's all of them basically being the ring crew and the referees and stuff. And um, I, I'd say the librarian and um, Brandon Cutler have been one of the funniest parts of when they do these matches. Um, okay, so of all of the people, before we leave, uh, of all of the people who were uh, unfortunately uh, either contracts expired or were just released in that huge culling from WWE. Uh, if you could pick, let's let's limit it to three. Three people to come to AEW. I guess a tag teams would count as we'll count it. We'll count a tag team as one pick. But if you could count any of the people who are not currently under contract to AEW, who have recently left WWE, three of them can go to AEW. Who would you want? Okay. Um, I'm first of all going to say these. I guess I have two teams I would put there. Um, I obviously want Anderson and Gallows there just because they were great with all these guys in the past and they'll just be fun to have around. They're funny guys. Wait, no, hold Um, on. Should, should we, should we eliminate FTR, uh, the former revival as a possibility? Because it seems like a given that they are probably going to go there. Definitely. I wouldn't say they count. I'd say this is more so people that were affected by coronavirus. Okay. Um, that were tossed up for that reason. Um, so I would go with them. I would also say Rusev would be really cool to see in AEW just because I think they'd yes. be able to work with him. Yes. He's a funny guy and he would be great on BTE. And his, and his real name is like an awesome wrestling name. You know his <laughs> real name? No, what is it? His real name is Miroslav Barnyashev. Oh my god. That's better than Rusev. <laughs> it's way better than Rusev. Miroslav Barnyashev? It's like the best name of all time. Yeah. <laughs> so I would go with those choices. And my last choice for the other team would be Hawkins and Ryder, just because, yeah. well, they are talented in the ring and they are entertaining characters. I think they would get more over in AEW. Mm-hmm. They, they'd be given more of a chance. And plus, you got to bring them in just for the podcast and for the action figure hype alone. They did would you, make for yourself. <laughs> did you see the tweet where they're like, uh, Zack Ryder should come in as Zack? Cardona, I think his real name is Matt Cardona, right? Yeah, it is Matt Cardona. Uh, he should come in as Zach Cardona, team with Cody, and their team name should be The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, and they should change the Jericho <laughs> Cruise to Sweet AEW Sweet Life on Deck or something like that. Uh, that's a that's right. <laughs> but uh, okay, so my my three picks, uh, honestly, uh, well, Rusev is one of them. I think I can't believe they let Rusev go. That I mean, maybe he was maybe he was angling for a release or something anyway. But holy shit, that dude is so talented! Like I cannot believe they let him go. Uh, the other one who I think would be a really good fit would be Leo Rush. Uh, I think he's really good. And uh, the other one, I actually, you know, I would go with. Uh, I think the only uh, female wrestler who was released, Deanna Perrazzo, who they released from NXT. Well, they uh, released uh, Sarah Logan, too. Oh, they released Sarah. Oh, that would be tough. I, I think I like Deanna better. Uh, mm. Every time I saw her on NXT TV, she looked really good. And it's like, how are they not doing more with her? She looks so good in the ring. And I think she would be a boon to the women's division in AEW. And I think they're really lacking somebody who's uh, as technically sound as she is, I think she's really good. Uh, 
I think that would be a really good pickup for them. But uh, I feel like that's a bit of everything. You've got like a really talented technical women's wrestler. You've got a very flashy, uh, speedy high flyer in Leo Rush. And then you've got uh, a bigger tank-like guy who's got a ton of charisma and character. I think those would be all good uh, pickups for AEW. But holy sure. cow, just an amazing amount of talent. Like, that's not even talking about, like, how... I mean, I'm not a big fan of EC3 in the ring, but he is so charismatic and he's got so much presence. It's amazing that they never did anything with him, but uh, I guess we can't keep talking about it. We're going to be here forever if we talk start talking about the other company, so uh, we might we might talk about it on the NXT podcast, uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, as it pertains to this one, uh, that's it for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com, check out the archives of the show, and of course you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, just search for The Elitists, hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time and hear us talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT, featuring Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen in the TNT Championship Tournament. <laughs>